Welcome to B&B Financially Free, the podcast for ambitious individuals chasing financial freedom through buying short-term rental investments. We're your hosts, Chantel and Peter, and we're the founders of Good Neighbor Realty. Our brokerage has helped hundreds of people turn their active income into passive income by buying unique properties in incredible locations that are earning a ton of money. On this show, we'll bring on a diverse range of guests from industry experts to everyday people who have achieved extraordinary results in their short-term rental investments, businesses, and personal lives. Whether you're seeking tactical advice or trying to unlock your richest life, BNB Financially Free is here to join you on the journey. Welcome to another episode of BNB Financially Free. I could not be more excited to have JR and Phil in the house with us. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. <laughs> um, Look at them. It's perfectly in sync already. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about how we know you guys and what you guys do in the space. Um, so, JR, you and I met through. Um, a mutual friend a couple years ago and we got to work together in purchasing your first short-term rental here in Mm -hmm. Colorado after you fired your realtor and then I actually don't know how you two know each other you and Phil so the house that you sold him Marigold Mm -hmm. he was posting it all over Instagram I was actually one of his students in his old program and I started getting into Airbnb and he so happens to start getting into Airbnb and I messaged him, I was like, hey, I have this property that I'm going to do arbitrage on. Mm-hmm. Can you take a look at it? And he messaged me back. He was like, this is in a zoned and illegal area. Come over to my place I'm setting up right now and I'll, we'll talk about it and show you. So I go over to the property, you know, meet him for the second time. And I'm like, this guy's a pretty cool guy. Like, let me, let me help him set up. He's like trying to stick, this guy right here, he's trying to set up peel and stick wallpaper. <laughs> All over the wall and me and my girlfriend come over and we're like all right let's just let's just start helping so we take off our jackets we start helping we set up the whole property up and then towards the end of the night we were watching uh squid games and we kind of just started talking about our properties and then from there it kind of sparked everything like we shared the same interest um he connected me with you guys to purchase my first property as well and then it kind of just started from there cool I want to tell everybody a little bit more about what you guys do now because you've built an incredible company really quickly. So not only are you guys short-term rental investors, but you've greatly increased your earned income through building a company that specializes in arbitrage. Tell us a little bit about your company. What's it called? What do you guys do? Yeah, so our company basically specializes in helping investors or beginning investors get an Airbnb arbitrage properties. And the main reasons why someone is attracted to this because it's it's probably half the cost to get a arbitrage property than it is to purchase. You don't have to go through crazy loans. You just pay the rent, put, furnish it, and put it on Airbnb. So we help our clients find the property, locate it, run the comps, design it as well. And uh, we essentially made it to a turnkey Airbnb property for our investors. We get our clients from TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and just from social media. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah, I think that this is you know, kind of a big deal these days. You guys are growing really fast. How many customers do you guys think that you're helping every year? Um, I think we're about to cross 500 um, active and we probably have like another 200 that's no longer active. So we should probably, towards the end of the year, probably hit a thousand 
um, members inside of our, our community. That is yeah. incredible. Yeah. So, so something that like we wanted to focus on this podcast is, you know, not only like purchasing short-term rentals mm-hmm. and building wealth that way, but also increasing your ordinary income. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's something that you guys very much um, have been working towards for the last couple of years. So I kind of want to hear from both of you, maybe starting with JR, like, how did you get, how did you become an entrepreneur? When did you start pursuing like building wealth? And then how is, how has that led you into your investments? Yeah. So I grew up, you know, super poor. Mom was a waitress, like you saw in, in the, the video. And uh, it's funny because nobody on, I would get comments. It's like, yeah, right. He got all his money from his parents. So that's why in that video, that's why in that video, I was like, let's call her on the spot and, uh, and ask her like what she did for a living. Um, so yeah, she was a waitress. And then at 16, 17, I just knew that we had this career day and this guy came in and he showed us like all these careers on a spreadsheet and then. Uh, the degree required and then how much they made. So I went to the how much they made column, went all the way down and I found like three that made six figures and it was like doctor, lawyer, engineer. And my GPA in high school was like 2.4. So I was like, that's, that sucks. And uh, also I didn't like the idea of having to wait four years to make money. Like when you're, you know, 16, that's a large chunk of your life. It's, it feels like, so, uh, we're okay with the idea of like wound care though, in general. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, I started a tax business when I was 18 and I seller financed the business. I bought it off a guy. I had like $3,000 to my name and, uh, I ended up enrolling in college, taking out a student loan. And then I never went to class and I used that to pay this, this dude. And, uh, wait, wait. <laughs> that's gotta be some kind of college fraud. Wait, <laughs> no, so because they said out a student loan for college and then you use that. Yeah. To, that's creative financing. I paid it. Yeah. I paid it back. <laughs> I paid it back. Most, most people listening probably haven't paid their shit back. Yet, so. Uh, yeah, they hit me up and they were like, not only do you owe all this, but you owe more because you never showed up. Stop. Um, How much more? It was like three grand. Like I paid it off oh, like the so next year. Like, would you advise other people to? No, I mean, but <laughs> I I did what I had to do. That's all. And uh, I'm sure statute of limitation has been ten <laughs> plus years. Um. So so yeah. Then I I bought a tax office. Eighteen. Um. You know, no business experience, but I just knew like I was gonna figure it out. And uh, I grew that to fifty three employees, three locations. By the time I was twenty one, and I realized like. Brick and I real I realized that all business opportunity opportunities weren't created equal, mm-hmm. and uh, I was in a pretty shitty like opportunity vehicle, so uh, I ended up uh, selling that selling those. I moved, opened a new one, and then I sold that, and then I got into digital marketing, and then uh, that's how that kind of led into eventually into real estate. Wow. That is really, really cool. And actually, you reminded me of this a couple years ago. You were like, you know, you and I have like had correspondence like on Facebook Messenger through digital marketing because you were doing so many different things. Oh, yeah. 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 And like I, I missed the message. And we could have been millionaires way sooner if we had only knew then. Um, Phil, I'd love to hear more about how you started building wealth through entrepreneurship. Yeah, so mine, my story is a little bit different than JR's. I actually went to college and Ooh. yeah, I went to college on a full ride scholarship for football. Um, decided that my senior year, well, first off, 
COVID happened for two years, so we lost two seasons. Mm -hmm. So my coach said, hey, we need to have a meeting because your senior season is coming up. And I was like, okay. He was like, yeah, so it looks like you're going to have to enroll into a master's program. For people that know me, I'm not a big fan of school. I was only there to play football. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to have to stay into school for another two years. And basically, I wouldn't graduate until now, essentially. So right now is August. So I wouldn't graduate until next year, May, mm -hmm. um, which I'd be 25 by then. And I was like, there's just I'm no... I'm sorry, wait, how old are you? I'm 24. Oh. <laughs> so I'd be 25 by how the time... How old are you? 29. Oh, okay, so yeah. old guy over here. <laughs> I actually, I partnered with an older person too. Yeah. How, what's the difference? I am also old. I am 36. 31. Five years. Five years. Close to five years. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So I was like, there's no way I'm staying here. It's 25. Um, at that time, I had a marketing agency, which I got the consulting from JR and his program at that time. And then from there, I was like, I'm building a successful business already. I'm don't want to stay here for another two, three years. So I think it's time for me to just, you know, part ways and, and leave. And my coaches were supportive. Um, my teammates were supportive as well. And a week later, I told my girlfriend, hey, we're going to pick up and leave from New Hampshire and move all the way to Denver. And it happened in, in pretty much in a week. Um, did that, met JR, kind of dissolved my marketing agency a little bit and starting it into Airbnb. And the question popped up is like, how do we help investors or you know beginner investors get an airbnb arbitrage property like this without having to go through the mistakes we go through mm -hmm. so that's how we decided to partner together after he said no for like three times um <laughs> after i told him i asked him three times he said no and i was like hey uh, wait, wait, wait why did you tell phil no uh the first time he asked i was like i don't know i don't i i had just finished being an internet guru and I was like I don't really want to be another guru again mm -hmm. and uh and then the second time I don't know I was I was doing a different business and I was trying to stay focused but then what changed my mind was when he's like I got 200 emails off TikTok for 200 leads 200 for leads. two dollars a pop yeah yeah off wow. of TikTok and he was like no wasn't it you spent two hundred dollars spent two hundred dollars and yeah. got a hundred or two hundred yeah hundred leads so basically two hundred dollars yeah but so i was $2 like $2 okay like i was kind of telling him what i would do mm -hmm. and then i was like damn this could actually work like really well yeah he was so, like I, I could find i could find something to sell a hundred people yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and then we we decided to partner together and um i was like okay it was actually during the time where Asians celebrate this thing called Chinese New Year's or like Lunar New Year's. I was like, hey, since we're going into partnership together, I'm gonna need you to be the first person. Technically, on on the at midnight of Lunar New Year's, mm -hmm. you have to have someone that seems successful and healthy come in and bring that same energy for the new Lunar New Year. And I was like, hey, I choose you. Come in, walk into my house at midnight, and we'll light up instant, and we're gonna go into partnership. And it was like. 12.05 and I'm like where is this guy at like no did you did that ruin no I didn't ruin, it, didn't ruin it he's like I'm like where's this guy at and he's like yeah so do I just like stand outside he calls me he's like do I just stay in the parking lot stand outside the door what do I do I'm like bro come in <laughs> so he comes in um we light up the incident and then from there everything started just blowing up next month month one we did like fifty thousand dollars cash collected Month two, we did about like 70. And then I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we hit 100K before your birthday? And before his birthday, we hit 100K. And then had our biggest month, um, like six months later, 
doing about 300,000 in, in revenue that month. And then now our company does about, you know, four to 5 million a year. So that's, that's kind of kept that tradition too. He did the same thing on Lunar New Year's, walked into my house, I walked <laughs> into his house um, and we're just going to keep doing that. So that is the that. key. Yeah. You got yeah, to do, do that in my house right now. Yeah. Like, do you even celebrate Lunar New Year? I do. I do. I don't think we've ever talked about it. Are you superstitious? Not like, not really. I'm kind of, I'm pretty superstitious. We had a money tree in our office one time and yeah. it started dying and we went dry on sales. Ours is dying right now. Yeah, I told you to get it out. <laughs> I know. I got to yeah. get rid of it. We, so get we, get went, we went dry on sales for like two weeks because we had a dead money tree in our office. But it's also like, isn't it bad luck to throw them away too? I didn't throw them so away. We, I left we moved it, out. it Yeah, we moved it into like the common area to make somebody it look like it was like the yeah. office's plant. And then somebody picked it up and, and it's gone now. And oh man, we will you remove our money tree today? No, I'm not, not touching, touching that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Greg can take it with him. So, all right. So like, how, how long have you um, run this business? Um, we're going on two years now. Okay. Actually, so I think, so it would be a year and six months. Okay. Yeah. So a year yeah. and a half. Um, you've grown from, you know, basically essentially zero to, you know, four to five million dollars in revenue. Yeah. Um, what are like some key takeaways? Like, what did you guys do uh, to grow so so quickly? And like, who did you have to hire? And like, what did you, I guess, like, what are some tips for some of these like entrepreneurs out there to like grow your business the way that you guys have? I'll let you start off. Start off with the sales. Yeah, our sales first guy. hire was a sales guy. Okay. So literally, this was ex the the first like three days in business. <clears throat> Go to his apartment. We film like all the like intro videos, the video sales letter. I build out like the landing pages, uh, the thank you page, maybe a couple of emails. Um, we build out the pitch deck, and then we hire a sales guy. <laughs> this was like in one day. <laughs> Most people it would take them like six months. Mm -hmm. But we were like, we know it's gonna change anyways. So it, it's not gonna be perfect. Yeah. So we hired the sales guy, we threw him on some calls. Um, we start running the TikTok ads. I think we set that up the first day, filmed those two. And uh, our backgrounds were digital marketing. So we had, although this has journey has gone from, you know, zero to 5 million in a year and a half, I had like seven years of digital marketing experience mm -hmm. of trying to launch offers, failing, Yep. You know, building landing pages. I was one of the first, I was on ClickFunnels when they had like 10,000 mm -hmm. users. Wow. So it's crazy when people are like, yeah, you guys did that so fast. To us, it doesn't feel like it was fast mm -hmm. because of all the years of developing all the skill sets to mm -hmm. be able to launch something like this. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people will try to launch our offer and they'll run into a bunch of hurdles or obstacles and from there they'll just quit. I mean, right? you guys have a ton of copycats. Yeah, yeah. Like all the time I'm <laughs> yeah. seeing them pop up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, we're, we were the I first. Know. <laughs> I, I know. And I'm like super protective of it. I'm always like sending them to JR. I'm like, you either need to buy this company or you need to tell them to stop. <laughs> or just report their ad. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so, so yeah, so that was the first thing. And then the, the second thing was we started to focus on our offer. So I looked at our offer and it was very similar to what other people were selling in the market. So we got the feedback from the, the sales calls and it's like, oh, well, I'm looking at this program and your and your program. Or I'm looking at this program, this pr program, your program. And when I look at the offering, like I could say I, I we're better, the coaching's better, I care more. But any anything that ends in ER is going to be very difficult to compete on. Mm -hmm. So we had to come up with something different. So I went back through and I read uh, Hermosi's $100 million offers, went back through it. 
And there's this exercise where you write down everything that you could possibly do for someone, no matter how unrealistic it is. So um, for you guys, it'd be like, well, I can sell them a house. Like, okay, how many other agents can sell them a house? Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, what else could we do? Well, what if we package a course that taught them Airbnb? Mm -hmm. And what if we offered support after they got, they got Airbnb in the form of a, a monthly strategy Zoom call? Mm -hmm. And what if, uh, you know, we set up the Airbnb for them? So this was like how it went. And I'll, we, I looked at it and I was like, okay, this is unrealistic, that's unrealistic. And it's funny because some of the things that I deemed unrealistic at the time, we do now. Like one of the one of them was we fly out and, and design the Airbnb. And I'm like, oh, that logistically, that just seems very difficult. It's our best product now. And now, you know, more than half yeah. our revenue or half our revenue comes from interior design. I wanted to talk about that. So you have like the acquisition side where you identify a short-term rental lease and then yep. you also have the design company and you would say that they're growing at similar pieces. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So at the time we started with, well, what if we could negotiate the lease with the landlord? And I looked at the feedback from the sales calls and it seemed like that was the thing that people dreaded doing themselves the most. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, okay, well, what if I could take the hardest part of the process and put that into our offer and do that for them? And that I had a bunch of other different offers. Like I was brainstorming a lot. I was like, well, what if we could find a way to set up someone's property for them for free? And then we just take the revenue for the first two or three months. Um, that was okay, like yeah. one of the initial, like, you know, uh, everybody would have ran away though. Except for you spend probably way too much towards your, exactly, like exactly. Six, right. But I was like, yeah. I, I remember seriously sitting down for like an hour and running a bunch of numbers and being like, how could I make this work? Mm -hmm. Um, so ultimately our offer came from that. And then over time, so the offer was really what took off. The first day we launched the offer, I just threw it out there to my Instagram and we got like 20 grand in sales in like three or four. The first guy, I remember the first guy, I pitched him, he calls me back five minutes later and closes. Yeah. And then pitched another guy uh, that same day and he ended up paying. Yeah, and I'm sure you guys are wondering what were we doing for fulfillment. Number one, mm -hmm. I think we enrolled like 10, our first 10 people mm -hmm. and we were like, oh shit, we have like 80 grand in sales and we have no idea how to fulfill this. So we hire two acquisition managers, one of them, my girlfriend and her best friend. <laughs> and we're like, guys, meet at the house, 9 a.m., we need to talk. We talk, we're like, hey, you guys need to go out in person and go on Facebook Marketplace, go on Zillow, look at all these properties for rent and you guys need to go out there and pitch these landlords on arbitrage. So they leave at like 9 a.m. to go on all these tours it's like nighttime and me and Jay are like, when are they gonna, gonna get back? Like what happened? They're not even updating us. They get back and they're like, all right, here's the deal. Here's all the landlords that said no. And here's all the landlords that said yes. And we're like, okay, we have something here. Like yeah. we, we have something yeah. here. Um, but then we realized that enrolling a bunch of clients and putting them all in Colorado, where we're gonna run into some scalability issues, which mm -hmm. is why we started hiring different acquisition managers out of state. They didn't need to go in person. We started negotiating over the phone and you know, kind of just started our fulfillment process from there. I think also the biggest takeaway from all this as well is that we wouldn't have scaled as fast if day one, me and JR didn't agree, hey, you're gonna handle 100% on this half of the business and I'm gonna handle 100% on this half of the business. And we kind of just split up roles. So from that day, um, we decided that I was gonna handle sales, 
um, I was going to help out with marketing. JR was going to handle fulfillment, also help out with marketing. And we kind of just stayed on our, our lanes and focused 100% of our, our energy into that uh, mm-hmm. section of the business. I love that yeah. you guys did that. And I, I think, I mean, we're in two partnerships right yeah. now. And that's like extremely to navigate for people, like yeah. both from like the business perspective and from yeah. the real estate perspective. So it's cool that you guys have figured that out. Okay. So obviously you guys do arbitrage. You help other people mm-hmm. do arbitrage, but you're also into short-term rental investing. Talk to me about like the difference in the two and like when it makes more sense to do an arbitrage and when it makes more sense to purchase a short-term rental. Yeah, I think for arbitrage, it's a great way to get your feet wet in real estate. So most of the clients that we deal with either have no investments at all or maybe one to two properties and maybe those properties are not performing well for them. So they're looking at alternative investments to build their portfolio. So we always tell them like, arbitrage is not your end goal. Like your end goal should be purchasing properties and you know getting the equity and, and being able to actually own it. But not, not a lot of people understand business. Not a lot of people understand how to be a good landlord. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people have the capital to purchase a property like that. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people can actually qualify because we deal with a lot of self-employed people as well mm-hmm. and a lot of different investors that don't have this, you know, secure W-2 income. So this is a great route for them to acquire a property in like less than 30 days. Mm-hmm. Right. So, right. Yeah. And they don't have to take the risk of the unknown with uh, repairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of my first few properties, like when you don't know anything about construction or homes, the the inspection report is like Greek to you. Like you don't know what's going to give out soon. So it's a way to kind of get in the game more predictably and uh some people are scared of interest rates i'm not but a lot that's one thing that pushes people towards us over buying as well we used to until peter had a meeting with us yeah tell tell us peter about that meeting um so i guess like these guys yeah yeah we had lunch these guys were making quite a bit of money like this was like probably a year into their business and uh i mean i'm gonna tell it to you straight like these guys had poor mindsets. <laughs> okay, like they were they were worried that like people were coming after them. They were worried that like it was all just gonna go away like with a puff of smoke, and that everything that they were building was just gonna like disappear. Mind you, we day. were on this like high where everything was going well. And we're like, okay, we need to buy some properties. We're like, Peter, let's have a meeting. Interest rates are crazy. We don't know about this. I don't think we've had a person in a long time sit us down and tell us, you guys are thinking like brokies right now. <laughs> and and yeah. like we were kind of hit by that. We were like, that hurt. <laughs> yeah, I think the conversation was trying to decide whether we were just going to pay taxes or buy property. Yeah, we were going to just pay taxes. Yeah, we yeah, were literally guys, just... These guys what, were just... We were ready. How much taxes do you think you're going to have to pay if you didn't yeah, buy property? It was going to be like... 150 to yeah. 200 grand yeah. probably it was going to be a few hundred thousand dollars like combined and they were just going to fork it over to uncle sam <laughs> without putting up a fight yeah. at all because i was like well, peter yes. i'm worried about the market like i don't know what's going to happen <laughs> blah blah well blah. the reason why we did that is because we spent six weeks trying to tour properties find properties and in that time we see our business taking a little bit of a hit like very very slowly mm-hmm. in proportion to us pulling away trying to go find real estate deals so we're like we're not going to do this we're just going to try to focus on our business, pay the taxes, focus on growing, 2Xing this business in the span of the next six months. And then we had a meeting with Peter. And, he was and I will say this, if we didn't have that meeting, we wouldn't have bought the property that we ended up buying. buying yeah. And that property in the last, uh, last month did 29 K. Yeah. And uh, the month before that did like 28. And how much did you buy that property for? 625 after concessions. 
Do not expect these results. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah, those, those bookings that we get, we're more, we're happier getting seeing those bookings come in than getting like a $25,000 sale from like our main business or something. Airbnb money <laughs> feels different. different yeah, why, yeah. why is that? Because pass, to me, $1 of passive income equals $10 of active income. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like it's in terms of like excitement, what it does for my life. There's just something about making money that you didn't have to work for mm -hmm. that will then allow you to go out and do stupid things mm -hmm. with that money. Yeah. Like, like, I, like what, JR? <laughs> like what kind of stupid things did you do? So I bought, I just bought a Lamborghini <laughs> and uh 2020 Huracan Evo. And I justified the purchase because of my Airbnb passive Cash income. Flow, yeah. Yeah. And Sometimes JR will text me and he'll be like, Chantal, I am buying this because I just bought two short-term rentals. <laughs> I just want you to know that like this investment makes sense for me because I bought two properties. So like just just FYI, Chantal, like because I did this, it's cool that I bought the land. Trust me, I'm the one that's like he will text me like a full justification on like why he's gonna buy this car, and I'll literally respond I'm like, bro, just do it. Like, I mean, but I do the same thing makes when sense. I got my car. He. They both know, actually. I was texting both yeah. of them. I was, I was, it was a scary moment. It's like, yeah. damn, this is a lot that's going to go out of your account at once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that it just keeps you motivated. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah. Because then you're like, I got to go make this back. Like, I, yeah. It, yeah. Fun. I mean, if your income ceiling is uncapped, then I think it's a good idea. But if you know you're only going to make X amount and that it's going to grow by 3% or right. whatever your boss decides over here, then it's probably not a good idea to buy a Lamborghini. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm using, like my first video I posted with that car has 300,000 views on yep. TikTok in so like three days. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I justified that purchase by, we have three properties under contract that are all gonna be short-term rentals mm -hmm. and we're doing pretty good. Exactly. I love yeah. that. So uh, how much are you guys projecting to be like your passive income, you know, interest rates, expenses, completely like subtract all of that stuff. How much like passive income per month are you guys expecting after you set up all of your properties right now, uh, along with uh, everything that you currently have? Yeah, it depends on um, which month. Are you talking like summer or like, Let's say like the average, average month? Average, uh, um, yeah, so the I year, sat down and I, I uh, I'm also adding a pool to one of my properties. So I'll factor Are you that going in with as well. Mod pool? No, I, I uh, have a certified pool contractor guy who's mm. putting like a real one in the ground. Nice. Um, but after that one gets the pool, uh, I'll be at, I should average 18,000 a month. Okay. Uh, completely passive. Completely passive um, after all mortgages, all expenses. All mortgages, all expenses, utilities. Like I, I wrote, I spent like three hours mm -hmm. writing it down on a sheet, doing like highs, lows, best months, worst months, going back through bookings, going back through expenses to really figure it out mm -hmm. after these uh, properties. And uh, I mean, in, in the summer months, like shit, we could be making like I don't know, thirty five, forty grand mm -hmm. uh, each in yeah. those months. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting, um, because you guys see like a lot of fear in the market right now around Airbnb, mm -hmm. but now to me, I'm, I'm just, I always can, when I'm acting like how Peter described that day, like <laughs> a, <laughs> like a brokey, <laughs> uh, I always have like a moment of self-reflection and I'm like, is the person that, is this how the person that you would want to be behave? Mm -hmm. Is this how they would behave? Mm -hmm. So 
Uh, and the answer is no. So that's why I don't get scared of high interest rates. I don't get scared when interest rates are rock bottom and prices are going through the roof because I'm like a, the real estate investor that I would want to be can find a deal in any market. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I so agree with that. And I, all of this comes down to your identity, right? Mm -hmm. And I was just reading, um, high performance habits and there was the statement where they, they were saying like, let's say that you're in a break room and someone asks you, Hey, do you want a cigarette? And you're like, no, I'm trying to quit. Well, all of a sudden you're identifying yourself as like someone who is a smoker that's trying to quit mm -hmm. yeah. instead of responding and saying, I don't smoke. And yeah. so like, if your identity is someone as I am a real estate investor, I can find a deal in any market. You're going to make far different actions than you would mm -hmm. if you identified as, you know, someone who has a couple older. Yeah. Movies. And some of the fun in real estate that I've learned is, uh, your strategy has to pivot every few years. Yep. Like mm -hmm. you guys used to do foreclosures. Yep. Same with me investing. I started on, on long-term rentals and then I did a short-term rental. And then I was like, okay, this area of short-term rentals works best for me in the type of property, but also mm -hmm. the area. Like mm -hmm. some, I get people send me stuff all the time. They're like, this is in the mountains. That's, this is in this. And I asked like one or two questions cause I'm always curious. And then I'm like, you don't know anything about this, but you know this over here really, really well. Mm -hmm. Like I could tell you everything about Arvada, mm -hmm. like every street, every neighborhood. I've I've looked at every every property that's on the market right now between seven hundred thousand and a million dollars. I've looked at in Arvada. Like, you know, when you open up Zillow and it shows you like faded, the ones you've looked at mm -hmm. and it's like, a, all of them are <laughs> faded so for me. Faded. There's like one or two that aren't. Exactly so so we know what you do in your spare time. Yeah. I look at, I look at properties every day. Like yeah. I look at at least like five or 10. And when I say look, like I could just glance at it for two seconds sure. or I'll look at it for like, you know, spend five minutes like looking at it. So I think that, uh, I, I, I found my lane and I just stay in my lane really well um, because our strategy works so well in the current market. Right. But that could completely change as well. And I'm, I was so afraid of that in the past, but now I'm like a good investor is not going to have the same strategy for 30 years. Like the right. strategy, they're going to pivot, you know, from time to time based on market conditions. Yeah. A good investor and a good business owner, right? Like both of those require pivoting. I very much agree with that. And I think you guys have such a commitment to be the top of your game. And something that we see a lot with short-term rental investors is they're like, Oh no, I'm not going to be able to make the type of money to, you know, really make this a worthwhile investment. And like that self-belief really does bleed into every aspect mm -hmm. of your life, whether from an investment standpoint or a business standpoint, talk to me about how you guys are buying properties today at high prices with high interest rates and why are you making those decisions and how do you think that they'll perform in comparison? To yeah. So, um, the property Peter convinced us to buy, mm -hmm. we had to get a 10.3% interest rate. Because our, our business was less than a year old and that was their main source of income. So we only qualified for like one very specific loan product. And what type of loan product? A uh, bank that? statement loan where okay. they don't look at your tax returns or anything. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was like, man, this is crazy. But I look at, if you look at the cash on cash return on that property, it's insane. Like yeah. no one, you're not, you're not finding that anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, and did you feel like it was just that good of a deal or were there things that sat, you did to make it? Yeah. The house sat on the market for like 57 days before we offered on it. Nobody wanted it. Everybody, anybody in America could have had this property <laughs> and, uh, it had a pool that hadn't worked in like 20 years and all these, all this stuff. Um, but I looked at the bones and I was like the kitchen, we probably don't need to do anything to it. So maybe some floors, it had popcorn ceiling. 
Um, and really, that's all we did to the inside. Floors, popcorn, popcorn ceiling, uh, vanities, mm-hmm. and some tile uh, in the bathrooms. And uh, then we really focused on the design. So I think that where people go about short-term rentals wrong is it's always just like, okay, like I remember I had this mindset with you when you sold me the first one, I remember messaging you and I was like, Hey, do you think I could furnish it for 5k? (laughs) (laughs) What did I say? You were like, uh, maybe 10. (laughs) You ended up spending like 35, right? texting me he's like i'm at like the at home store and i hate you i'm at target and this sucks i'm at walmart and like i can't believe you said that this is well my first property i was thinking the same way as well like how can i spend the least amount just to get this property launched six months later i I redesigned it i'm like this doesn't cut it like airbnb is evolving designs Mm -hmm. are evolving like if you don't keep up you're just going to be underwater the whole time It's, it's going to hurt you in the long run we tell our clients this too all the time when they're like okay, what's the least amount I can put? And I'm like, well, if you, either you spend more now or you're going to be spending it down the road paying rent out of pocket every single month because your design sucks. Mm-hmm. Which one do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think another key in this is like you guys, before you had the income that you do, that you do now, you were looking at resources to mm-hmm. be able to afford the furniture and design right. standpoint. And some of your clients are doing that yeah. too. And we have that as well, where our clients are taking out personal loans or HELOCs, or they're taking out a credit card with like 0% interest for the first year. So they can actually do the investment that is necessary for them to perform well. And all of this is backed by, you know, data and proof of concept. But like, it's not just for those that have a ton of money, but it is for those who are willing to find the resources to put the investment. So it's going to be one of the top properties. Oh, we should actually, um, talk later because we have a funding department that can get that can get your clients zero percent interest under a brand new llc oh well let's talk about that yeah. <laughs> um one thing i'll i'll say on that is i don't think i ever told you this but i use pretty much all of my money on the first two <laughs> yeah. properties okay that we did <laughs> i literally like i probably had like less than 10 grand left by the time i had done that one and the second one right after that i think you had like 100 and then went down to 10 right yeah, yeah. between so and I had no, I had no income at the time, like outside of, I was like, this is going to, like, I had shut down my last business and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And I was like, while I figure that out, I need a source of steady income, which is why I did Airbnb. Um, so I put my back against the wall and I was like, I'm going to make this work. Like I did the nineties theme as my first property, which was crazy. Yeah. And, it was uh, because not a lot of people were doing that. Kind yeah. Of yeah, and I didn't I didn't know it would work, but I was like, I'm gonna give a hundred percent. Yeah. And if I fail, it's not because I didn't try. Mm-hmm. And I'm always okay with that. Like I can always live with like, okay, you did a, you gave it a hundred percent. But if I fail and I gave it like sixty-five percent, seventy percent, I'm gonna, you know, feel like an idiot. Mm-hmm. So I think that when I see people go into short term rentals, it's always like, What's the least amount of effort or money or whatever I can put? Now we're always like, What's the most that we can put into this? Mm-hmm. Like the last house it has two murals and it has a speakeasy downstairs and it has a gallery wall and it has a putt putt and all these things because we just saw the opportunity to do that and i even i pushed that even further um you know on that project and i plan to on on these as well yeah i like that mindset yeah and a lot of people like they treat airbnb as like a passive side hustle right and they have to get out that mindset because it's not a passive side hustle it's a a business that you should actually care about and mm-hmm. treat it like a, 
like a business that you want to grow and scale. Like some people just don't want to put put their backs against the wall. Like I remember Jan are talking about that pool house that Peter talked us into 10.3% and just we're like, what if this doesn't work? Like mm-hmm. we're going to be coughing up this mortgage every single month. And we're like, worst case, we midterm rent it. If that doesn't work, we find a tenant to move in there and we cover a thousand dollars a month or something. Um, or last, like last resort, we give up our apartments. We both move in here. You, you and your girlfriend take a room, me and my girlfriend take a room. And then we rent out the other two rooms yeah. to random people. Mm-hmm. And so like, we're willing to go to that extent mm-hmm. to make this business successful. And not a lot of people will want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then also like in that same way, like you were going to cough up $150,000 yeah. in taxes if you did not do that bonus yeah. depreciation study. Yeah. And so how many months would it take you to lose money as a short-term rental before you would hit the 150K loss that you were sharing. Like two two or three years. Plus you're not really, like you're still getting principal pay down and appreciation and stuff like that. Yeah, so I think people forget that. Um, But yeah, I totally agree with you. I love that you guys are going for it both in your businesses as well as your short-term rental business. We couldn't agree more that like short-term rentals are you starting your own little business. And honestly, like we've talked about this, like it's not rocket science. Like anybody can be good at this, but you do have to have a commitment Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. be willing to compete with the top properties in your area. Because those mediocre middle ones are just not cutting it in today's market. Yeah, Yeah, ours are, are passive like the i don't do anything day to day for the properties it's passive but i still pay very close attention yeah and that's where i think people go wrong is it's they go passive and they don't pay attention Mm -hmm. so i go to the properties and i I test out all the light bulbs i walk the place i look for garbage Uh, i was there yesterday um and i just look around and then i look at the numbers and i look at the pricing and stuff like that every once in a while and i make sure that it can remain passive for me Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially after the big upfront investment from like a time aspect and a financial aspect. Cool. Well, thank you guys for coming on today. How can people find you? Um, they can follow me on IG at it's Philip Tran, ITS Philip Tran. At JR Rivas. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, thank you guys for coming. And if you need, have any questions on arbitrage, definitely reach out to them. What is your company name? I don't think we mentioned BNB Leverage. You can find us on www.bnbleverage.com. All right, thank you. As always, thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend who's also interested in real estate investing. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a review wherever you listen or watch your podcasts. 